Hello, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 196 of the Junk Dashers Podcast. I'm your host, as always, I'm Tyler. Joining me, we have the Colonel himself, the 46th President of the United States, Gables. What's up, buddy? Mm. <laughs> That's kind of a loaded question right at the moment. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. This week has been sort of a roller coaster ride, to say the least. And, well, let's just say that ever since Thursday, which we all know led up to the whole launch day for the Nintendo Switch, I have been feeling... Well, let's just say I've been feeling a little bit of fire in my belly. (laughs) So here's the deal. I felt that by going to the Nintendo Switch launch in my local Walmart, that I was going to go walk in and essentially, you know, wait there for probably an hour or so until the launch day would go and probably pick up a Nintendo Switch. I called twice to the same retailer. And each time it's like, oh, hey, go ahead and like call back on like Wednesday and stuff like that and see if uh, doing a midnight launch. So I paid attention. I did the same thing as I called and stuff on Wednesday. And I think, yeah, yeah, we're going to have a midnight launch and stuff. So here's the deal. I got my ride and stuff basically to take me out to Walmart at around 11 o'clock or so at night. I had work around four something in the morning. So I had to sleep a few more hours and stuff before waking up around the designated time. And so I went ahead and did that. Go all the way to the store, and I see, like, there's only two people inside the line waiting inside this counter, which is like, oh, oh, okay, it's going to be a relatively slow type of deal, you know? It's not going to be, like, uh, crowded, this and that. I mean, there were some people looking around electronics around the night. It's like, okay, that doesn't seem so bad. It's like, I get in back of them because... There was nobody there, and it's like, okay, I'll wait here for an hour, blah, 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 and so on and so forth. Around 10, 12 minutes later, we have this electronics associate. Now, this guy is supposed to be, like, knowledgeable inside games and stuff, and he does know some bits and stuff. But he asks myself and a gentleman behind me, it's like, do you guys have pre-orders? It's like, wait, pre-orders? No, I don't have a pre-orders. I mean... Here's the thing, with our Walmart inside my local inside my local town and stuff, they don't generally do pre-orders for game launches, let alone consoles. I mean, for other Walmart stores, yeah, that is a thing, though, but never once did I hear anything about pre-order stuff. Even when I went inside the store, inside their electronics department the couple days before the Switch's launch, and so basically it's like, oh yeah, we everyone else was like waiting here for a long while and stuff like that. So I just went ahead and I just, you know, gave them a bunch of the pre-order stuff right there, you know? Like uh basically in a nutshell, it's they started lining up, I think like it was around uh I would want to say like about 
an hour or something before the whole launch thing is supposed to thing. So it's like they got there roughly around 11, 10, 30, 11 o'clock at night, right? And so the electronics associate who saw them all gathering, I said, like, okay, I'm going to give them their names and the numbers of their, their bathroom breaks and stuff like that. And uh, he basically sold every single one of what consoles they had in stock before you know the whole launch date so i could not even go and pick up a console at all because all the pre-order stuff then that's the thing they were supposed to have consoles pick upable without the pre-order stuff i've heard that from other like uh, walmart retailers too that they were supposed to have enough supplies in order to try to give it for people offhand that did not have pre-orders and basically this guy supersedes and anybody waiting in line he basically got their name down and stuff like that and had them go through the whole pre-order stuff right then and there and like uh, <laughs> and like as you expect i was angry I didn't verbally lash out or anything. I didn't like make a scene or something like that. But a guy behind me that was waiting, it's like, hey, I just had the same thing that I did. It's like, hey, I called up and stuff like that. And I had never heard once about this pre-order stuff. And I looked at the guy in back of me, he's like, yeah, I didn't get any type of pre-order stuff either. You know, and so both of us just walking out of the store, you know, like kind of like uh, perturbed and stuff. Because here we are like around 11 o'clock at night at a Walmart with this fucking place, which is like, notoriously known to having like uh, a lot of fucking crazy ass people there at night and uh basically i go out to my ride and stuff we go home and stuff it's like the people i was riding with you know my parents and stuff uh, they are very angry too because of that whole situation my mom told me while they were waiting out in the car they were seeing people actually going out of the store with actual switch items inside their bags before the actual release date before the midnight launch. And so what I ended up doing is I posted a couple of comments on Facebook and stuff like that, basically just roasting my Walmart pretty much for the whole experience that happened to me on Thursday night. And then I go on to Craigslist tonight, you know, earlier on tonight because I thought, oh, okay, maybe somebody was going to sell some of these consoles or something like that on Craigslist locally. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, I say they did. I saw two listings inside my local area. One of them was for like $425 and stuff, right? So it's like, okay, it's like $125 more than you would get and stuff like that. Then there was another option. Was, this thing really pissed me off right here. They wanted $750, right, for the console, a pro controller, and a vanilla edition of Breath of the Wild. All of that they would have gotten like a profit of at least, oh man, at least a few hundred, if not, yeah, more. Because I added up the map right there. It's like $300 for the console, $70 for the controller. That's $370 right there, plus $60. That's like $400, that's over $400 something dollars right there in value. This son of a bitch wanted to try to profit like $300 or so. dollars, And the only way those two people have managed to get copies of that fucking console was at that same launch event inside my local Walmart. Which, in essence, made me so irate that I went through, and I'm going, to, I'm going to do this too. I'm going to contact these sellers, and I'm going to see what they're going to fucking do. Uh, it's just made me feel kind of really, like, angry in types of, like, 
this always happens like during the console launches in general where there's always a scalper there's always always some weird ass story that comes out but then having to experience it firsthand and stuff some of the shady underdealings because here the story gets actually gets deeper here inside the that same line the peep the person that was waiting in front of me i used to work with when i used to work at walmart she was a supervisor that was higher up and stuff like that her and her son were waiting right in front of that line and had already went through and waited you know for like uh, i don't know probably a couple hours or something like that i don't know that's the funny thing is i went to the same walmart like around four o'clock that same day there was nobody there lining up there was nobody there waiting nothing of the sort we are small enough of a community where if there's a big console launch people don't wait there for fucking hours they went there they go at the absolute last moment and that's what everybody was doing as soon as i was leaving walmart there was like about 10 or 15 people trying to go inside the same store trying to do the same thing that i did oh i can buy a nintendo switch and do this and do that but another type of aspect to this thing is like communicating with one of my friends who was also at this same Switch event. And she didn't see me, ironically enough, but I was there in front. And she was telling me about all sorts of these like uh, there was basically people that were outside of Walmart trying to basically scalp people out of their Switches. They wanted to buy them, uh, probably promising like, oh, okay, I'm going to pay you this and stuff like that. Here, here's about three or $400 or something like that in order to try to double down and sell them on Craigslist. So I just basically put two and two together. Oh, man, just the whole experience of doing that and having to go to work that very next day and stuff, everything just felt really out of whack. That was probably one of the worst experiences I've ever been to that I've ever experienced inside of an actual retail space. I mean, it's nothing unusual for people who have done it previously, like say for going and doing like PS4 stuff or like Xbox One stuff or any type of console launches. They're the same type of shit that happened when I first, when the Wii was going out like around 10 or 11 years ago. But at least when I did those console launches, like for the Wii and the Wii U and stuff, there wasn't any bullshit of this extent. I managed to get those consoles day one, and all of a sudden, after the whole NES Classic fiasco, where we have, I have not even seen anything for the past three months, I expect nothing more than the worst for this stupid Switch. But, uh, yeah, it's been a hell of a week. <laughs> Well, that sucks, man. Uh, I know. Yeah. Uh, uh, I've been there before trying to find things. Um, I was with you. Where I had the, I had the same issue with the Wii where uh, I was actually like number two in in line. Like number two yeah. for pre-orders for the Wii. And Justin was actually number one. And yeah. the store manager there at the time, we both worked there at the, the place. It was a gaming store. Uh, actually bumped our names way down on the list miraculously and then she took our pre-orders and uh yeah anyways not bitch about that but also joining us troy what's up buddy what's the business <laughs> yeah roller coaster rides <laughs> <laughs> yeah um yeah no the nes classic that was crazy i ended up getting one on launch day but i was number six in line at the local GameStop, and they had six consoles so i was the <laughs> last person 
to get one. Um, uh, I had a, my very own roller coaster rides this week. So Thursday, yes, I uh, I got um, so my copy of Zelda and my uh, Switch case and uh, screen protector that I'd ordered from Best Buy showed up uh, a day early, which was pretty dope. Uh, you know, it was pretty cool. Um, then went through the rest of my day, and then in the evening time, I was walking home from campus and found out my motorcycle was missing. Oh. Somebody had stolen my motorcycle. So that was the downhill portion of my uh, roller coaster ride. <laughs> and wow. then, so Friday morning, wake up, and my Switch pre order was through Amazon. So I was, and I had already gotten shipping confirmation because I know a lot of people online are having issues like they pre ordered through Amazon and they still have not seen their consoles, mm. which really sucks. Uh, but yeah, no, mine was shipped earlier, uh, so I knew it was on its way. Um, so yeah, I mean, I got my Switch, and also, so during the day, like, I saw tweets uh, from Wario64 on Twitter. Uh, it was basically a retweet of uh, a post on uh, Reddit, where they somebody had the exact same uh, Switch case that I ordered, which was the Insignia brand Switch case. Um, so I went back and forth on whether or not to order the special edition of Zelda. Uh, one, because I need a case for the damn Switch. I mean, I'm leaving for PAX in four days from now. Uh, so I need something to carry the Switch in. Uh, and so I almost ordered the special edition of Zelda just to get the the case. Except I'm not a big fan of the case that comes in that special edition. It's a little too loud for me. Um, I generally like things to be a little more low-key. Um, so I like the the official Nintendo case. Uh, I think it's really nice and... and, and uh, tasteful there's not a lot of thing it's got like an embossing of the switch logo on one side and the nintendo logo on the other but it's just black uh, pretty decent but uh when it the time came to order it uh best buy was out of stock and amazon were out of stock of the the, the pre-orders for the official nintendo case so i picked this insignia case because it looked pretty close to the uh the nintendo one you know that it, it's just a zip-up case it seemed to have a little bit of a almost like a protection on the outside almost like an armor sort of situation um so come friday somebody tweeted out uh somebody posted on reddit that this this switch case like was ill-sized so there's a picture of a switch in there with the joy cons on it and there's still probably four inches on one side where like the the switch could basically move around inside of this case oh, no. because it's it's not fitted correctly to the case oh, no. so i was like well shit so I, uh, I was returning mine to, to Best Buy. Uh, so it worked out pretty well, though, because I got up that morning, still had to wait on the switch to come in from the UPS truck. So I got oil changed on the car because my wife was going out of town. Um, and the switch arrived, and then I went out on my, my business. I needed to take the, the old oil to be recycled at the, the uh, car parts place. Uh, I stopped by GameStop, one of the GameStops in town, and they actually had the official Nintendo oh, case nice. in stock which worked out really well because the only other all online, they all said uh, only available in store or only not available in store for like target and Best Buy and all that. You had to order them. And if I would have ordered it even on Friday, it wouldn't have gotten here in time for me to leave on Wednesday. So I was like, well shit, like I was going to contemplate sticking this thing in a tube sock or something to protect it in my bag. Um, but yeah, so GameStop had one of those, uh, I actually had a few of those cases in stock. So I ended up picking that one up, the official Nintendo case, uh, from GameStop and returned the, uh, Insignia one back to Best Buy. Uh, so I got that one in that, that whole deal that I had, uh, talked about 
the other day on the, on the the last show where like I got all that stuff for like eighty three bucks using uh, my Gamers Club Unlocked plus the twenty five dollar uh, off a hundred dollar purchase uh, Visa checkout deal. Um, so on the receipt for that, it's kind of funny cause it like breaks everything down and it, it basically took that, di- that discount and distributed across all the products. So it basically that way Best Buy knew how much to, money to give me back. That way I wasn't taking back this, you know, $15 case and getting the whole $15 back, even though I'd gotten a discount on the, on the total order. Uh, so I only got like 11 bucks le- back on, on the case, which was fine. I took that 11 bucks and put it towards uh, one, two switch. So I ended up getting one, two switch for like 26 bucks, uh, out of pocket. <clears throat> Well, after the that. case. Well, I mean, the case was, was money that I had already spent. But then also on that same receipt, I was noticing that I had the money that was attributed to um, to the Zelda game was like 37 bucks. So I basically practically paid $37 for my copy of Zelda on the Switch. Um, on top of that, my, my Switch practically only costed me $279 because I filled out a survey online for my PlayStation Visa card. Um, and in doing so, they gave me a $20 Amazon gift card, which I immediately applied to my Switch. So that knocked my Switch down from 299 to 279 So combined for the Switch and the uh, the copy of Zelda, it costed me like two or 312 bucks wow so i practically paid 12 bucks for a brand new copy of zelda on the switch (laughs) so yeah i mean i got the uh the better end of that i didn't get gouged on craigslist but yeah i was i was really psyched about that i was like man i really got a pretty good deal on this it all worked out well for me and that that really sucks to brag about that after after everything that gable's complained about but you know I also had my motorcycle stolen, so I guess it all works out at the end. It levels itself out quite nicely, actually. (laughs) I'm not going to give you shit because your bike got stolen, man. That that fucking sucks, man. That's even worse than what I went through, dude. So it's like... I wouldn't feel yeah, bad about the it. scalping thing really sucks, though. It really does. I know a lot of you know a lot of people you know have had that issue with the NES Classic Edition, and and the Switch seems like it may be something similar, but it also seems like there's not quite as much rarity in the Switch right now. I mean, I've seen uh, people tweet pictures of like their targets with with still like three or four consoles on the shelf. My little brother walked into Target um, in Roswell the day on on friday probably around noon and uh there was still like two of them left on the shelf he picked wow. one of them up nice. so i mean they're it seems like they're they've done a lot better with the uh the supply on the switch which would be really nice because then what's going to happen i mean i guess the scalpers are going to find somebody who's not savvy enough to go look and and understand that the supply is not as as constrained as as they would have you believe but ideally the supply would be as such that these people who who went and bought three or four switches in order to try and flip them for you know a huge profit end up just making back whatever money they spent because there's not that big of a demand because there's still enough supply yeah that's just the thing though what's kind of funny is uh what's uh What's funny is it's like after I got off of work yesterday and stuff, my my mom actually got through and like just telling me, "Yeah, I called Nintendo today." It's like, what? <laughs> what did you do? And this this is my six year old mom, right? And she she knew I was upset after going through the whole ordeal and stuff. Like, yeah, I, it, she was just telling me, "Yeah, I talked with Nintendo and stuff like that." And like basically, they said they were gonna have like maybe two million launched by the end of like the month. Like, oh my god, <laughs> oh my god. Well, basically, she was just uh, she found out that that uh, they are going to be probably having like some other shipments close towards the end of the month possibly hopefully yeah i mean so i mean it, it 
I advocated this with the classic, the NES classic, and yeah. it's kind of come back to haunt me because I told people, I was like, don't spend, you know, $200 on eBay. Don't buy one of these because they will come into stock. You will be able to get it for 60 bucks. Just hold off. Yeah. And that hasn't actually come to fruition. <laughs> well, but I am fairly confident that the Switch will come into stock. There won't be the constraints that there are with the NES classic edition. You will be able to get a Switch for retail price. Yeah, and that plus the fact that it's coming out in March instead of, like, November or December. So you don't have that holiday push where everybody's trying to buy it for Christmas presents. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't yeah. think there's as much stress or, or as people aren't as much of a hurry to buy one now as they would be if it came out in November. And if you're super, super, you know, like, can't wait, I hear the Wii U version of Zelda is actually pretty damn decent. Yeah. Yeah, I, I heard the, yeah. the Switch version. Certain parts of it are actually slightly better in the Switch version, as far as, like, yeah. frame rate goes. So there's that. Yeah. We all know you, you've got a Wii U. <laughs> I don't. I sold, I sold my Wii U, and I... I, I... Well, yeah, but you, you have a Switch. Yes, I do, actually. I, I'm trying I'm trying to help Gables out here. He doesn't have a Switch. Sorry, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Gables. But, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, roller coaster rides, for sure. Yeah. But it's good to be here, but good to be recording. Uh, also, this is the first Drunk Dass Nerds podcast where I am actually consuming alcohol. So there you go! Yay! I'm not the only one <laughs> drinking anymore. I don't. My my wife went out of town for a. Uh, she's taking her uh, anesthesia boards in Albuquerque, so she's out of town. It's just me and the dog here. So I made a couple drinks and sat around playing some Zelda, and now I'm here podcasting, still drinking on some drinks. That's good, good times. Is it is it is it a mixed drink or is it a beer drink? What, what are we drinking? Oh uh, yeah, no, I I don't generally drink beer. Uh, so uh, my first drink I used uh, we have some ginger ale and some uh, whipped cream vodka. Ooh. Which, when you mix ginger ale and whipped cream vodka, it makes a concoction that tastes remarkably like cream soda. Oh, man. Like it's good as hell. So oh. I did one of those. Uh, and then now I also have some, uh, or I had some, because uh, the the last of it is in this drink right now. I mixed some lemonade with some limoncello from Italy, genuine from Italy. When my uh, my daughters came back to the States to visit for Christmas, was it Christmas this year? No, it wasn't Christmas. It was over summer uh, when they came to visit. Uh, they brought back some goodies from Italy. And so I got some genuine Italian limoncello, which mixes really well with lemonade. Is the drinking age in Italy like 10 or something? No, well, I mean, my daughters didn't technically bring it back. Their mom brought oh, okay. it back. But, uh, yeah, she brought back a bunch of wine and stuff and, and this limoncello, which is something that you can only technically, I guess, get in Italy, or it's only a product of Italy. Oh, uh, cool. It's pretty good stuff. Well, that's, Like I said, it mixes really well with lemonade. That's good. I'm glad I'm at the old one drinking. I don't feel like such an alcoholic anymore. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, no, I, I, got, I, I don't really have, like, anything crazy going on this, this week as far as, like, Nothing of mine's been stolen as far as I know. Uh, I did get a Switch. It is literally in my hand right now. In my hands right now. Uh, don't want to have any crazy story of getting it. It came home from work and it was on my front porch. Picked it up. Probably inside the house. Uh, yeah. Uh, I, I started it. It's booted up. I played like 45 minutes of Zelda. Uh yeah, I don't. I really. I, I shouldn't have. I shouldn't. I should have just gone first, because I don't have anything to add on to this. <laughs> um, yeah, because there's no way I, I could top any of you guys' uh, stories for the week as far as that goes. Um, oh, 
I, I got employee of the month for my company. That's pretty cool. There you go. There you yeah. go. That's big. Yeah, that's big. I mean, not as big as not getting a, a switch or motorcycle being stolen. And then was it like the next day that you were complaining that you hate work? Yeah. <laughs> Ironically. <laughs> They might be listening. Only because they were keeping you from being able to play your brand new Switch yes. and your awesome Zelda game. But the cool game. thing was, actually, uh, a lot of shit's going on at work. I'm not going like the details, but it's crazy right now. And I requested the sixth, March 6th off, so Monday, like months, months, months ago. Well, not like months ago, but like basically when they announced the date, like the, I, I went to work the next day and I filled a, a time off request for March 6th. Because uh, I figured there's no point in taking requesting March third off because I'm just gonna be sitting around the house waiting for my switch to show up. So, anyways, I uh, requested that day off and uh, I requested a couple other days off in March and um, uh, a lot of shit's going on. So I I, I sent an email off saying cancel my, my PTO request off. I sent it to the lady that does all the PTO requests at work and my boss. I told her I I tell her everything. I told her why I was taking the sixth off. I'm like I, the switch comes out. I explained what the Switch was in the first place. I'm like, but I, I, I you know, I, I don't have time to play video games right now. And I just want to go home. I want to stay home and I want to play the Switch. And she's actually, I, she had a few days I had requested off. She actually let me cancel the two of them. But she's like, Tyler, you deserve this. Take the day off. So she would not there let me go. cancel Monday off of work. Even though there we desperately need, I need to be there. She's like, Tyler, take the day off. So I have Monday off, so I'm gonna be playing the fucking Switch all goddamn day Monday. So that's pretty cool. Uh, yeah, that's that's kind of my the the, the uh, story for me as far as uh, my Switch. Uh, oh, my dog is barking. I don't know why he's barking. You probably heard voices in his head. Um, <laughs> anyways, yeah. So I uh, I have the Switch. It's here. I got my Zelda. I got my Pro Controller. Um, I guess we'll stick with the Switch. Normally we jump into what we've been playing. Let's talk a little more about the Switch, our, our initial thoughts on it. Um, I just want to say real quick that uh, all I did, I have played like 45 minutes of Zelda. That's all I've done with this damn thing. I didn't buy Snipper Clips. I haven't played it yet. But um, just logging in and setting everything up, trying to set it, like set up my account and everything was a huge pain in the ass um, with the left Joy-Con controller. I was no more than three feet away from my my switch and I had hooked, I had docked on the I had the switch docked up so I was on my TV and then I slid the um, the Joy-Con controllers into the grip thing whatever and I was trying to log in and the left the left Joy-Con was every 10 seconds would lose connection and then when it was working there was like a 5 6 second delay um, every time I click a button so after about 2 or 3 minutes of trying just to type in my email address I, I said fuck it and I set it, I set the Joy Cons down and I hooked up my Pro Controller and it immediately worked just fine. Uh, so that's did you update the update the firmware on the yep, console? Yep, the firmware. Uh, it's the first thing I did on it. I did I did I updated everything first and then I went and I tried to like to log in just so I can like download. Uh, I, I went to like the Nintendo eShop thing so I can download um, Snipper Clips because I, I I had a code for it and everything I ordered online. Uh, yeah. So I did all that, and it was still just a huge pain in the ass. And like I said, maybe three feet away from my, my switch. Yeah. So I, too, have had issues with the left Joy-Con this evening. Um, so, yeah, I got my console yesterday, set it up, no problems. Uh, my wife and I played a little bit of 1-2 Switch last night before bed. No problems. Um, 
today, like, I kind of took my time getting into playing it, actually, which is kind of funny, because people are like, oh my god, I couldn't, you know, wait to play it, but, like, I got up this morning, and I watched, uh, so I watched uh, Unprofessional Fridays from Giant Bomb, because Drew Scanlon uh, left Giant Bomb this week, so they, yes. the Unprofessional Fridays was kind of like a farewell to, to Drew Scanlon, so I had to watch that, so I got up this morning, watched that. Uh, watch some other videos, but then you know, probably around yeah, two, three o'clock in the afternoon, I got around to start playing uh, Zelda, and didn't have any problems. I had the the Switch is docked, probably about eight feet away from the couch. Um, I mean, it's around a bunch of electronics, just because like my television's there. Uh, it's actually right next to the subwoofer for my sound bar. Um, you know, there's a lot of a lot of shit over there. Um, it's kind of hard to because I know Nintendo had like put out some guidelines like oh well don't have it around all these electronic equipment and uh don't have it near your aquarium and stuff like that don't have it around any um, living organisms they'll have that yeah so uh but i didn't have any issues in that first like hour and a half two hours um but then you know time came fed the dog then went for a walk to go get some pizza for myself because i needed to eat as well and the dog needed to walk so we went to go walk to get some pizza came back and we weren't recording for another hour or so so i made myself a drink sat down and started playing for about 45 minutes or so and i had repeated issues with the left joy con uh just issues where like it would either continue running in a direction which would be bad in certain situations because I was near the edge of a cliff or uh, coming up close on a, on a, a, what are they called? Bokoblins? Yeah, I think that's... Is that how you pronounce that? Close enough. Bokoblins? Anyway, I was coming up on one of their camps and I'm like trying to sneak up on them, but now all of a sudden Link won't stop. He just keeps moving or like he's standing still and there's guys moving around and they're about to see me and I can't move because the joy left joy con is completely unresponsive. The right joy con works fine, mm-hmm. but the left joy con is completely unresponsive. And it's like, this is kind of ridiculous. Cause it's literally, I like I measured it out. It's only like eight to 10 feet away from, from the switch console. Um, but I did have the surround sound on. So maybe there was some interference coming from the, cause it's a wireless uh, subwoofer. So maybe there was some interference there, but still that's kind of disheartening and kind of crap. Yeah. And I don't have a pro controller and I won't buy a pro controller just to fix this issue because like, in my opinion, spending 70 bucks to fix something that was wrong with the console as it came is a big no, no in my book. Like, I mean, if it was a an instance of, well, yeah, I just want to have a pro controller, that's a different story. But I'm not going to spend 70 bucks to buy a controller to fix the controller that came with the console. Yeah, that's that's fair enough. I, and there was not. I bought one because just looking at the Joy-Cons um, when they first announced the Switch or showed it off in January. And they're like, yeah, I'm not going to use that. That's. But <laughs> I'm happy I went ahead and bought, decided to buy the pro controller because it was uh, – I, I was at – after about five, six minutes of trying to just type in my email, uh, I was ready to fucking smash my Joy-Con controller. At least the left one. Because uh, that, that was frustrating. Yeah, so after after we recorded last week's show and uh, Gabe and I had the uh, conversation about that left Joy-Con issue, uh, Justin actually reached out to us and said, well, they're having issues with the right Joy-Con as well. Uh, which, from everything I've read, they do have intermittent issues, but everything that I've seen shows that that left Joy-Con is the largest culprit. It it right. loses signal way more often than the right Joy-Con does. Um, even though the right Joy-Con may drop signal on occasion, the left Joy-Con is far more prevalent, and in my experience, that is absolutely the case, because the right Joy-Con has worked flawlessly, because once the left Joy-Con stops working, I'll fiddle around with the, the, the right Joy-Con just to make sure that the game hadn't, you know, wigged out, and it, it all works fine. 
Hmm. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I'm anxious to see what Nintendo has to say about it because Nintendo hasn't put out an official statement on this yet. Oh, they, oh, they, they, they did put out the thing like where it's like, here's what you can do to prevent issues with it, but it's just, like you said, it's just an asinine amount of things you have to do. Yeah, to... well, it's like, you know, like, don't have it near electronics. Well, guess what? Where most people are going to have this is at least next to their television, if not, yeah. you know, other consoles and, you know, routers and God knows what else. Like, I mean, these this is a part of your entertainment center. Yeah. You know, I'm not going to set it on my nightstand next to my bed and run a nine-foot HDMI cable to my television, you know? Like, that's just not going to happen. Yeah, the, the, the only thing, basically, is just, like, sit in a corner by yourself within handheld mode. And you shouldn't have any issues, hopefully. Yeah, no, I mean, from what I understand, everything in handheld... And I actually haven't played it in handheld mode yet, but from what I understand, it works flawlessly in handheld mode. Yeah. Uh, um, even the game itself, like, performs better in handheld mode than it does on the TV. That's kind of interesting. I mean, I agree with you. That thing should work as intended if you're going to slide the Joy-Cons onto that freaking grip switch that they got there. But the same... That's that's just really weird that Nintendo would just go off and say, oh, hey, hey, you want to make sure, you know, that uh, you want to make better use? I don't imagine that's their official their official fix for it. I think that's their way to try and mitigate it. I think they're still, I hope that they're still investigating it, trying to figure out what, what needs to be done. But I yeah. hope whatever they figure out needs to be done, they are willing to do. If that means replacing everybody's left Joy-Con, like... They need to make that right. Agreed. Like it, they they need to not tell me, hey, you need to go buy this new Joy-Con. They need to be like, here, send us your Joy-Con, and we'll send you a new one at the very least. Because like, yeah, it's kind of ridiculous. I mean, they have a history of doing that for like, say, if a game had a game breaking glitch or something like that. The last time I yeah. think of that it, is like Metroid Other M. But yeah, I agree. That should be a thing where they should be taking people's Joy Cons and stuff if they if it's a widespread issue like that. Yeah, of course. Yeah. And it is going to cost them money, but, you know, like, it's the price you pay for, you know, taking care of your customers. I mean, if you look at Xbox with the the Red Ring of Death, yeah. I mean, that cost, that ended up costing Microsoft billions of dollars, mm-hmm. but, you know, like, it it was smart on them to fix it, and, you know, like, they were better off in the long run because of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I don't know what they, what they can do, and you guys talked about a little bit last week, like, is this, could this be something they can fix without having to... Have everybody send in a left Joy-Con controller or sending us new ones? Like, it's... Yeah. It, so, I mean, logically, what I'm... Well, no, I guess not. I mean, it's got to send a signal because it's got to... The, the console has to receive a signal from the Joy-Con. So it depends on where the issue is. Like, logically, like I had talked about last week, like, you could probably boost whatever, you know, Bluetooth signal from the console, like, just have it in the firmware, like, okay, is the console connected to power it is cool boost the bluetooth signal you know then hopefully that could can mitigate it but if it may end up you know needing a redesign of the joy con and if that's the case then nintendo needs to do what they need to do to get it fixed because you know if if this continues to be an issue it's going to hurt their sales too yeah and and like going on to what you said last week uh about like apple and their issue with apple the, the iphone 4 is apple is like one of the biggest companies in the world like if they said well don't use the phone like that they can kind of get away with that, even though it, it might hurt them a little bit in the long run. They're they can that's it's no it's not going to really affect them too much. Um, Xbox 360, they had a huge issue with the Red Ring, like they fixed it. But I think honestly, uh, if they wouldn't have, if they just were left going on, and like they, like they would have obviously fixed it with the Elite and future ones. Um, but I feel like they probably could have got away with it. Like the the damn thing was that popular. 
Uh, Nintendo. Yeah, but I <laughs> I feel like it wouldn't have been as popular if like they hadn't done what they needed to do. To I, I still think they would have won a I generation. Mean, the PlayStation Three was no, super no strong. I mean. they, they, I don't think they would have. I don't know. That's tough. That's a tough call. I mean, if you imagine, because that was right when the 360 came out. Like, yeah, that was before even the PS3 came out. Like, if for that whole year before the PS3 came out, if the reputation of Xbox 360s were these things are ticking time bombs and they're all going to stop working, I think the PlayStation 3 would have come out a lot stronger. True, maybe there's a good argument you can have there either way. I mean, I went through nine 360s, so uh, <laughs> and I, yeah, I know. Um, but I mean, Nintendo is in a point in time right now where they can't afford like. This thing has to be damn near perfect, I think, for them to for really to succeed. And coming out right now with like not a very good like with it's a one they have a one one good game coming out really it was Zelda that anybody cares about which you can buy another console. Uh, nothing really coming out for a while, uh, at least until Splatoon comes out in the late summer. Uh, like this thing needs to you can't really have any negative publicity with it. So I'm curious to see like if and how they can fix it and what they do about about fixing it like you know are they gonna like if this is i hope it's something they can just fix with an update you know i don't want i, I want it to be as easy as possible and i root for nintendo i am a nintendo fanboy um but yeah i don't know i i'm it's like just that the 20 minutes i spent with dealing with the left joy con controller was a frustrating experience for me infuriating yeah and i hope to never experience that again and i only plan on it because i have my pro controller so maybe I'll, i have super clips that i want to play and then I, can i play super clips if i wanted to buy one two switch can i play one two switch like these are like seriously like these those are, like, ones require the joy cons yeah that's what i mean like like is this going to cause issues when i play those games like i have a sound bar like what for my tv it's a bluetooth sound bar like is is that is that going to cause issues? Like, that could absolutely be part of what's causing issues, and that's a big problem for me. Like I I use my, I love my soundbar. Like I I have it hooked up to my TV. There's a reason I have it. You know, it's like why is it? I don't know. It's just, this is something. It's something I shouldn't have to worry about. And I'm just curious what Nintendo can do and what they will do uh, to to fix this and in the long term, uh, you know, deal with this. But for shizzle, yeah. Anyways, uh, <laughs> we are decent links of the way into this podcast, and we really haven't actually talked about anything uh, as far as uh, Nintendo. <laughs> said we talked about everything. Yeah, we talked yeah, about we a lot, did. but we haven't really jumped into kind of like the uh, the meat um, potatoes. Do we want to see what what Gable's been playing? Or yeah, that's what I was going to try to uh, jump into awkwardly. Um, Gable's uh, outside of waiting outside waiting inside of Walmart's. What have you been, what have you been playing? <laughs> I've only been really playing one game, and that has been Pokken Tournament on the Wii U. There you go. Now, here's the thing. Pokken Tournament was a game I bought last year, but I hadn't really gotten into. And so, during the earlier parts of this week, I decided to give it a go. So far, you know, it's kind of an interesting fighting game. I mean, it's not, like, readily as, uh, say, on the lines of, say, a major Tekken or maybe a major Street Fighter game, but at the same point, the gameplay is fun enough to where I'm constantly going through and experimenting with what I want to try to do moveset-wise with my character of choice so far, Blaziken. And uh, so far, I'm really enjoying my experience. It has a sort of weird 
fighting system where it switches between a 3D fighter and a 2D fighter where it's kind of jarring at first. Because basically it goes into things called phase shifts where you begin the match where it's all in like a like a open sort of 3D perspective and you basically have to use some combination of moves. It could be a grab. It could be like a, a projectile attack that's going to do something called a phase shift. And when it shifts, it could shift into a sort of a 2D sort of fighter where it's, uh, you know, the side fighter type of stuff, like a classic fighting game style. And basically what I have been starting to do and stuff is I've been trying to learn little basic combos with Blaziken, trying to see what other types of moves that I can do with them and stuff. And it, it's been a real good joy in order to try to progressively learn how this battle system is. And the thing about it, it does have a learning curve. It took me at least a solid, like, an hour and a half or something like that to really get accustomed to how the game played. But afterwards, you know, it just feels natural for me to go through and just play it. On the other hand, what I don't like about the game so far has been pretty much the story mode aspect of it. Like, have you ever played a game where you come across voice acting that's so horrendous and stuff like that, that it actually probably deters you from playing the game somewhat. <laughs> uh, I can kind of see that. Well, here's the thing though. Pocket tournament does have some elements of stuff where it just feels openly obvious where they probably have taken some random people off the street in order to do their audio cues. Because even with like the, the lady or something like that, that you have that's pitching advice, which you can change. That's the thing. I like how you can change the frequency. Like you can turn it off entirely if you don't want to listen to certain tips. But because I'm still new to playing the game, I have it on because I want to see if like, if it'll actually give you some useful advice, you know, which yeah, it does. It does to a certain extent, but, uh, I just, it may not be as big of an issue for some people who have played this game or they just really don't care in general because they're there for the gameplay, but it can be kind of funny just listening to some monotone, like certain things, from, especially from like, like a different type of leaders that you do face in the span of the game and stuff. <laughs> so, how the single player is controlled is you have to fight your way up certain rankings in order to qualify for a particular tournament for each rank. So you start off at a D rank, and you earn your ranks up until you go and qualify for this uh, six-player tournament. And once you get done completing the six-player tournament, you have to pl you have to go and do a proclamation test. It's pretty much you have to battle against the leader of that division. And once you pass it, you got you qualify for the next division. And so currently, I went through D class and C class, and I'm on the B class thing right now, but I haven't started any type of rank ups because I wanted to try to level up my blaze again to the extent where I can power it up so I would have a little bit more easier of a time doing during some of these fights because it doesn't it doesn't kid around when it says the difficulty will spike up when it comes to some of the higher classes. So what I'm doing is I'm leveling up my blaze again to where I want to try to get the strategy stat a little bit higher up. Because that's just the thing that it has you do. Whenever you level up, you put a little skill point in a particular stat. There are four stats. 
you have attack and defense, which are like regular in terms of like RPG development and stuff, but you also have strategy and synergy. Each have their own like different types of perks and stuff. So my Blaziken obviously is like an offensive type of fighter. So with that, I have the attack stat higher than everything else. So I got like 13 points in attack, like around 10 in defense and like around six in synergy, seven in right strategy and stuff like that. I'm at level 30, I think. And I've played like about a good solid 55, 56 matches. So I'm around like three and a half hours to four into this game. I'm enjoying myself, but at the same point, I want to see what else is more available because I'm not really enamored with the game itself, but I am enjoying the gameplay of it. So I probably do. You typically like like fighting games, like is that okay? Well, I wasn't sure if you were like usually somebody who enjoyed a lot of fighting games. Well, that's the thing. I do. I have played a good portion of fighting games. I went through on the Xbox 360 and completed Tekken 6. I have actually gone through and played a lot of Street Fighter games, like Street Fighter 3, other types of other Street Fighter games. Played a lot of Smash. (laughs) Yeah. uh, Well, that's just the thing, though. I know it's made by the same people that actually have done Tekken games and this and that and stuff. It definitely does play reminiscent to some Tekken-style gameplay, it's just I just need to get kind of used to it because it kind of feels like it doesn't know what it wants to be. Is it a 3D fighter? Is it like a side-scrolling type of fighter and stuff like that? Uh, but, yeah, you know, nothing really too bad about it. I just feel it's kind of average right at the moment. But that's just me. <laughs> cool. But that's it. That's pretty much what I've been playing. Oh, it's very cool, man. Like that's the one Wii U game that I didn't play that I wanted to play a lot. So I'm glad I'm glad you liked it. Uh, but yeah, uh, Troy, have you been? Uh, yeah, you got the Switch. Have you played anything? I do have the Switch. So yeah, like I said, uh, my wife and I jumped into a little bit of One Two Switch last night. Nothing major. Um, when you get that game, when you first start it up, like it kind of forces you to play some of the easier. Um, game styles because it's just like a it's a mini game collection is all one two switches i don't know if you guys have seen a video of it and whatnot but it's more than i want to probably like a weird uh cross between like a wii sports and maybe like warioware but not as good as warioware i picked it up mainly because i'm going to pax east this week and I figure I'll have plenty of downtime and stuff to mess around, and having a game like that might be something fun to pass the time. Um, so yeah, you you fire it up, and it, it makes you play through a couple of the easier ones before it'll open up like the vast majority. I think there's a total of 28 mini games in it, uh, so it gives you like five or six to choose from from the start, and you've got to play like I think at least four of those before it'll unlock the rest of the game, which includes uh, team battle mode, which is like a board game kind of thing where it like lays out random uh, um, mini games and then you basically roll to to move forward almost like a Mario Party sort of style uh, and then the first ones to the end of the end of the map win. Um, so yeah, I mean it's pretty good though. Like it's it it's interesting. It's a lot of fun. Pretty competitive. Um, I can see like maybe playing drinking games with the wife with this, which would be a lot of fun. Uh, just something to screw around with you know when family's in town and stuff um just to show off the the switch to people uh because the only other game i've got is zelda and that's you know single player 
And at this point, I mean, I'm two and a half, three hours into the game. And so anybody who wants to see the game, like, you know, like I, I can't necessarily just hand them and say, here, you know, take over. Like, it's not something I in, in, am interested in doing, uh, having somebody take over my game. So uh, if I'm going to show off the Switch to anybody, I think 1-2 Switch is about the only way that's going to happen. Um, the um, the HD Rumble, though. Um, so there's one of the mini games in 1-2 uh, in Switch, which is... Uh, like a ball counting game like it's basically like the controller is supposed to have some balls in it and you're supposed to be able to like move it around and and rotate it and and kind of you know like you can feel these balls rolling around in the controller as if the controller was a box um and you're supposed to be like just deduce from like the movements of them and you can like feel them like rolling and and bumping into each other and bumping into the sides and you're supposed to guess how many balls is inside of this box so you you know <laughs> indicate on the controller how many balls you think's there and then you set the controller down and the other person's doing the same thing with theirs um that's actually super like good like it the hd rumble is one of those things like it's oh it's a gimmick it doesn't make a difference you know but really like it does a really good job of creating the illusion of having little marbles inside of this this joy con while you're moving it around like you you can actually feel individual balls like they're actually in the controller, you know, like sliding around inside the controller, which was super impressive. Like, I mean, you know, you hear, oh, HD rumble, haha, <laughs> okay, whatever, you know, but like actually to have feel that, you know, practiced actually was something that, that was super impressive. And that, that mini game in particular kind of shows off that aspect of it. I don't know how useful that'll be for other games, but like, that that one mini game itself kind of like sells you on what the possibility of HD Rumble is. It was actually pretty impressive. Mm. So uh, yeah, but Zelda Zelda is the other game that I've been playing. Okay. Uh, how how is that so far? I am really enjoying it. Um, you say you're about forty five minutes yeah. in. So like, I mean, what, what what have you done so far in the game? I I finished that. I uh, I woke up. I finished the first shrine, and that's about as far as I got. Okay, I just finished my second oh. shrine and um, kind of did a little bit of exploring in the area, trying to figure out the way to get to the other two shrines. So basically, uh, when you wake up, you wake up and you meet this old guy, and then you kind of get called to this this hill. And you get to the hill and find out that it's like this long dormant tower and this tower shoots up into the sky and, and this is basically how you unlock the map. I mean, anybody who's played an Assassin's Creed game or any other game, you know, recently, any other open world game kind of gets this concept of you get on this tower, it unlocks a chunk of the map. Yep. Uh, unlike those other games like Assassin's Creed, it doesn't like throw icons on the map. Like it's up to you to actually look around and see things and it's like, oh, that's interesting and you can mark it and then you make your way to it. Like, it's not like throwing down icons. These are the million things you can do in this area. Um, so, yeah, the opening area is, I don't remember, it's the Plateau, something Plateau. I uh, remember offhand uh, what it's called. The Great Plateau. Yeah, the Great Plateau. And just this one chunk of the map is pretty substantial. Yeah. Like, it's a good size little chunk of the map. So, I mean, ostensibly, there's another... I don't know, five, six, seven other chunks of the map. So, I mean, the size of this map is probably going to be pretty huge. Um, well, what are your thoughts of the first 45 minutes? Um, I'm liking it. Uh, 
as far as like one thing I love a lot and is like when you when you leave the little temple area you're in at the beginning when you wake up and you get to the cliff and it like spans out and the music hits I fucking love that music and it's kind of like if Last Guardian and Zelda like had a baby and they made music that'd be it <laughs> uh, for people who know I am a huge Last Guardian fan uh, but yeah the first 40 minutes I'm it's 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 weird um it's it, it's taking a lot to get used to as far as like i'm not the biggest zelda fan in the world like i like zelda i, I i've beaten a lot of them um i enjoy them obviously it's just kind of like just getting used to like the battling in this game like uh or like just i'm collecting mushrooms or apples it's just it's a big change and i don't know i'm not saying i dislike it but it's a change and it's just something I'm gonna have to get used to with this game, but I do like kind of like there's that Ubisoftness to it, where it's like there's a tower, and like now, yeah, like you said, it meant like now it's area, like now it's unlocked, and like going to the shrine and dealing with the magnet uh, power you have, um, definitely in the first 45 minutes, I am interested, and I I want to see and understand what happens, like the story, uh, as far as like. The little bit we've had, like maybe five, six minutes of story, uh, at this point, is like the most I've been sucked into a Zelda storyline. I think probably ever. Whereas, like, I yeah. want, like, I've been, I've been asleep for a hundred years. I want to know what the hell happened. I am more interested in what the hell happened than I am in stopping the bad guy, Ganon. Right, just fighting the story of 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 what happened, or like, you know, what are the circumstances surrounding everything. Um, one thing that struck me, like I, like you, like I, I appreciate Zelda. I've played a few of the Zeldas. I don't think I've ever actually completed a Zelda yet. Mm. Um, probably the closest I got is Ocarina of Time and uh, Twilight Princess. Um, but the one thing that struck me the most about this game is there is practically no tutorial. Like, I mean, yes. every time you come across a new thing, it's like, oh, well, this is what this is in the broad strokes like you pick up mushrooms and it's like well yeah you know you can eat these and they'll you know do this or do that but like it's not like a like an in-depth tutorial like there's ostensibly like i i know it's there but i haven't interacted with it yet there's like a crafting system where like you can mix ingredients and cook them up and you can create new dishes that do certain things and have certain aspects that you know will buff you in certain ways um but those recipes aren't just found out in the world like these are things that you kind of got to feel out and explore um there's not like in ocarina or twilight princess the the first hour and a half where they like you know carry you through a bunch of weird scenarios you know just just trying to teach you the mechanics of the game it's almost as if you've just been dropped into this world like i'm kind of feeling everything out kind of like I don't know exactly how I should be doing things, and that's kind of refreshing for a Zelda game. Most Zelda games are are very handholdy in the first couple hours of the game, you know. And this yeah. one is absolutely not that. It's just like here you're in this world, kind of explore and figure out what's going on on your own. Um, on my way to, uh, no, I'm, I'm not going to say what I was going to say. It, it might be a little spoilery. Uh, there was okay going to the second uh, the second of the. Uh, the shrines on this this landmass that you start out in um i came across an enemy that kind of took me by surprise and i to this point like i 
don't know how to deal with this enemy to the point that I had to find a way to skirt around where this this enemy was located because I am pretty sure anything that I have cannot do any damage to this enemy um and it killed me in one shot so like it like already in the first you know hour of the game I'm already like finding areas where it's like well maybe I'm not quite prepared for this you know and that's kind of kind of interesting you know and I, I, mm. I'm interested to see where it goes um, on the music front uh, so one thing that I found was really interesting I think when you first go to you activate that first tower and they, there's this concept of um, and it may have actually happened before that maybe when you get the little uh, shriek a tablet or whatever but uh, um, this like distilling have you seen that term distilling mm. And it's like this this giant rock that's like hanging above, and it glows blue, and then it like drips a little drop. But the whole time it's building up this, and it's, it says, "Oh, we're distilling something." And I was joking around with myself. I was like, "Ha ha, they're making some whiskey." But literally, like all that comes out of this is like a single drop that drops down onto your your little tablet. But the whole time yeah. that it's it's like quote unquote distilling, it's like making this like do 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 do. And then, like, it just drips on the tablet, and there's, like, no... And it's building up that whole... Uh, it, it's a classic Zelda tune where it's, like... Where it it, it culminates in the do-do-do-do sound, like if uh, yeah. Link had just found a, a new piece of a heart container or something. Like, I think that's where that sound comes from. Um, but it it's funny because it has that buildup, and it's a really familiar buildup, but it doesn't do the end piece that I'm that I'm accustomed to uh, from a Zelda game, which is kind of funny. It like takes the traditional Zelda music and kind of twists it around, which is and really I, crazy. And uh, I noticed that exact same thing too, actually. Like that last little do, 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 do part is missing. I love yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it, it's like, because in my mind, I've been trained to like, Oh, I know this. I know this. And it's like, wait, no, that was different. Yeah. And that's a cool thing about this game. That's a point I, I forgot to mention is that like, Everything feels different in this game, and well, the music one for for sure, but also the the lack of tutorial. Like I, I went through and I started playing Twilight Princess last year, and they released it for the we released it for the Wii U, and I beat it when it first came out for the Wii, and like the first the I I could not get into that game. Like the first I played like eight hours of it, and I was still felt like I was like into tutor, uh, tutorial at some at certain points. But it's like I play the game, and then it's like oh we're still introducing you to new. Uh, things in this game it's just like how many hours into this game to have to play before and it's finally like it's the game and it's just it's as much as, as cool as Zelda can be and once you get out of that tutorial point it's it's pretty awesome but it's just when you're stuck in it it's just annoying like it treats you like a child and I love that too like you feel like you are you feel like you are Link for the first time maybe ever in a Zelda game where it's like you don't know what the hell is going on like you just woke up and it's like yep. you've been asleep for a hundred years, shit went bad. You got to figure it out what what happened and also fix it at the same time. And I love that idea of this game. Do you know what it really reminds me of though? Hmm. It reminds me of the original Legend of Zelda, like a reimagined Legend of Zelda for the NES. Because everything That's probably you the guys, closest comparison. The only, whenever you guys are talking about this, it just gives me back to. How would the closest thing it reminds me of? And the only thing I can think of is The Legend of Zelda for the NES. Because it did almost exactly sort of the same type of concepts. Like, no tutorials whatsoever. Basically putting you in a gigantic overworld and stuff like that where you had to figure out bits and pieces and stuff like that. This 
is the realization, full realization of what the Legend of Zelda is supposed to be. Not like how modernized and how everything else turned to be, like with the past couple releases, like say Twilight Princess or Skyward Sword or something like that. But I'm excited to try to play that <laughs> whenever I get around to it. <laughs> yeah, I'm super impressed so far. Like, I think it's it's really good. And I mean, it's getting amazing reviews, uh, like near perfect scores all over the place. It's pretty crazy. Yeah. Uh, and I'm happy because <clears throat> I thought this a while ago, but this is easily Nintendo's biggest game they've ever made. And it goes way off the beaten path in Nintendo games. And it was like you're excited at one point because Nintendo and what they can do with this uh, open world environment like that probably no one's ever done before. But at the same time, you're concerned because they've never done this before. And I'm happy to hear that uh, based on reviews, like they knocked it out of the park. So. I, I am definitely so, excited about jumping into this game. We we didn't even know that Zelda was going to be a launch title until the announce in January. Yep. Can yep. you imagine a world where the Switch launches and Zelda is not the launch game? Like, imagine if you took Zelda out of the launch lineup. Like, what would there be to sell that console? Like, I, I mean, honestly, and I, I think it was a Forbes article that I read that, that described Zelda as the best example of a system seller at launch since like mario 64 that's true like never before has there been a game that sold a system at launch the way zelda sells the switch yeah and I, that's a that's something i've actually I, I thought about recently like a couple days ago i was just like i probably would still be buying a switch right now at this point but i probably wouldn't have bought a game for it maybe super clips i would have bought like but if like we knew Zelda was coming down the line, but I, I've said it before, I'm an idiot when it comes to buying shit. I buy a lot of stupid shit, so I probably would have had it still. Um, but yeah, I can't, I can't imagine this thing would be outside of the gimmick, um, uh, for lack of a better term, of it being a handheld slash tabletop slash doctor TV system. Like, there's no other seller for it. There's no reason to own it. Is Zelda's it? for this thing and like what yeah. what would be your premier game one two switch which is should, yeah no there's not a no. game that should be a pack-in bomberman maybe is yeah your second best game no bomberman is not great so i i was watching so giant bomb did a big like three hour like launch day kind of yeah. thing like they typically do with things and they played yeah. through a bunch of the games and they even had a few of the games from the japanese eShop. um there's not so like the launch lineup is not nearly as sparse as people maybe would think. Mm -hmm. There's not a whole lot of like super great selling games, but I think that for just about anybody, there's at least one or two games that are worth owning on the system. Um, and then they recently had their, uh, Nindy's, uh, Nintendo Direct thing uh, where they kind of talked about a lot of the indie games that are going to be coming to the system within the next you know few months or so and there are some seriously good indie games yes. that are that are on the way for this system so I mean I guess if if your idea of a good system is one that has like a constant flow of AAA games then yeah you may find yourself uh, disappointed in the switch even in the long term um, but the way I see the switch going is and I don't want to say, hopefully it goes better in the AAA side, but uh, kind of like the Vita, the PlayStation Vita, um, you know, everybody who bought it, you know, they were sold on this idea. It's a, it's a PlayStation 3 powerful, you know, console 
that's handheld that you can take with you. You have all these amazing games that could be played on the PlayStation 3, but they're they're going to be in the palm of your hands. And Sony kind of didn't end up delivering more than a handful of games mm-hmm. that were of that caliber um, on the system. But what the system did become was the place to play a lot of indie games, a lot of the JRPGs and, yes. and these type of games. And I see the Switch taking that away. Like, if anything is going to make the Vita... Because, I mean, the Vita... You joke around and say, well, the Vita's been dead for a while, but really it hasn't. Like, there is a huge fan base for the Vita that still holds, you know, that system dear and still continues to buy games for that system. Um, But if anything is going to drive developers away from putting all those quirky little indie games or... Or, um, you know, the JRPGs and stuff like that. I think those are going to all migrate to the Switch because the Switch is more powerful and more versatile. Um, so if anything's going to kill the Vita, it is unfortunately going to be the Switch. I say unfortunately because I own two Vitas and I love the system. But the Switch is the next logical progression along that lines. But once again, unless Nintendo can infuse it with at least a a healthy amount of triple a coverage even if it's just first party triple a games uh they're gonna have trouble because a lot of gamers you know that that maybe aren't as nuanced or whatever like that's what they want they want those triple a games there's a lot of gamers i mean you see it all the time with the playstation plus lineup when they're giving you indie games and and people are just up in arms that they're not getting all these you know 60 dollar triple a games for free and they're getting all these crap indie games well who wants to play these indie games you know um so you know, Nintendo's kind of got an upward uphill battle if they can't, you know, get either third party AAA to, to jump on board and or to get a keep a steady supply of uh, first party AAA games for the thing. Well, thoughts? You, well, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, I pretty much like kind of agree with you right there with the uh, with all the indie game stuff. I mean, it's interesting to see what's coming out for this system in the coming months. I mean, I'm really interested in, like, uh, Blaster Master Zero and possible, like, Snake Pass or whatever the heck that thing is called, where you're just basically controlling a gigantic snake and stuff and try to do a yeah. platformer and start levels. So I have never played Skyrim. Like, I mean, so, like, if I were to play Skyrim, the Switch might be a place to play it because I can take it on the go. Yeah. Uh, game like Stardew Valley, which I actually bought on the Steam sale recently, but I feel like a portable version of Stardew Valley is kind of a great you know, prospect and that's coming to switch. So, I mean, there's a lot of these indie games that I think will be very well suited for the switch. Oh yeah, most definitely. <laughs> and I'm not trying to imply that Skyrim is a, an indie game, but it's a triple a game that, that, you know, people are like, Oh, well, oh, you can play a game that came out in 2008, but I am one person who never played that game. So maybe having it on the switch might be the place that I actually end up playing that game. I know. I kind of feel the same. Tyler, you're quiet. Yeah, he is really quiet all of a sudden. Uh, let me try to see if I can add him back up to the group call. I think he actually dropped. Oh, did he drop out? I think so. Let's see if I can get him going. Oh, wow. Yeah, he isn't here. Uh, what, what did I miss? Uh, just talking about uh, games like Skyrim, which I never played. Um, talking about... Uh, so, yeah, I've never played Skyrim, so maybe the Switch will be the place where I play that. A game like Stardew Valley, uh, which is a great indie game that's coming to the system uh, that I own on Steam, but I think a portal version of that would be great. I remember thinking that the Vita version would be great to play, but it's as far as right now hasn't been announced for Vita, so um, that'd be something that, that like would be a great you know game for, for the, the Switch. So, I mean, as long as Nintendo can... I, I, I don't know if you heard it, but, you know, if they... If they can't 
you know, keep a steady flow of AAA games, I think a lot of gamers are really going to be disappointed because that's what people want. Uh, I think, you know, I personally am fine with a console that has just a bunch of really good quality indie games and a few, you know, say the Nintendo AAA games, you know, coming each year. But I think core gamers and a lot of people are going to be really upset about that. I don't know if you heard me talking about that, did you? No, I missed that part. Um, yeah. So, but, yeah, I was like, you know, evidenced by uh, people bitching about the play- free PlayStation Plus games every month. It's like, oh, uh, why do we keep getting all this crap indie stuff? Like, all I want is these AAA games. Like, I don't want this crap. Why am I paying 60 bucks a month or 60 bucks a year if, if I'm not getting AAA games? Nobody wants this indie crap. Yeah. Um, and I, I'm kind of in the same boat with you, actually, on that. I, I feel like if that's what it is and it's just like... We get some cool indie games a few times a year, and then we get some great um, Nintendo games here and there uh, a few times a year. I'm told that, that this is what that console, I'm buying that console for that. Um, I don't know if Nintendo can survive on that, like just being a Vita, like uh, slightly bigger Vita um, kind of console, but that's all it is. Like I get my, my Zelda, my Splatoon 2, and then Mario this year, and then I get some cool shit next year. Like maybe a Metroid or a Pokemon or something like that next year. Like I go back to this thing a handful of times a year. I'm okay with that. Like the Wii U, that's what it was for me. I went and I picked it up a handful of times a year. The only thing that sucked was the last year and a half of it being out was after Mario Maker came out, there was no point in having it. Uh, like as long as we don't have a drought like that, like I'm totally, I'm, I'm fine with that. Like I have an Xbox One and I have a PS4. I have a computer. If I really want to play games on it, I can play games on my computer. I don't want to, but I can. Um, so I have several solutions as far as like gaming goes for me. Uh, I'm just kind of curious what they're going to do or attempt to do um, to make this thing bigger than what the Wii U was. And I think right now, this I think what the the gimmick with the you know like I said earlier that lack of a better phrase, um, I think the the gimmick for this thing is stronger than what the Wii U was. And also the name title, the the name for this thing is way better than the, the Wii U. The Wii U is a oh yeah terrible name. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah I think the Wii U back. did suffer from being like that confusion was like oh well is it just an add on for the Wii that I already got? No, that's not the case. You know, it's a new console. And I think yeah they've kind of taken the good parts of the Wii U and kind of blown those up. Like the the game pad was a good idea not well implemented because mm-hmm. you can't go more than 10 or 12 feet away from your console before it loses signal. So they basically took this good concept from the Wii U and made it the new console. It's like now you can pick it up and walk out the door with it. Um, I've been kind of throwing the, I don't know if you remember the uh, hashtag game changer uh, Vita commercial back when the Vita was coming out where the guy was sitting at home playing uh, MLB The Show and it's like, oh, you got to be to work and if you're not, if your boss isn't going to ride you like a donkey or whatever, you need to get out the door. So he, <laughs> you know, does transfers his save to his Vita and then it shows him walking through San Francisco playing MLB The Show. Um, but, you know, like, that was that was the promise of the Vita when it launched. It's like, oh, yeah, right. you're going to be able to take your games with you when you're done, you know, or when, when you when you got to go. And that made 
may have kind of weirdly worked in some cases, but not so much because you had to transfer saves and transfer to the cloud, re-download it, you know, like, and, and it was typically indie games that allowed you to do that. The AAA games on the, the Vita didn't really, like, I think you had transferring with some of the Metal Gear games, and MLB The Show was about the only other game that you could actually physically transfer your save onto the Vita and continue playing, um, but it wasn't a, a seamless process by any means, whereas with the Switch, it's literally just you click the damn Joy-Cons on, pick the console up out of the dock, and you're gone. And, I mean, everything just, you know, seamlessly carries over. So, basically, the Wii U is not only... Or, not the Wii U. The Switch is not only delivering on the promise of the Wii U, it's delivering on the promise of the Vita. Yeah. And that, that's something we've talked about... I, I, I've talked about in the past. It seems like this isn't necessarily... like The Switch isn't necessarily a new idea, but it's them going all all in with, like, in a better way of what like the kind of the Vita we like remote play and all that what we thought it would be and that like like you said that's a good point too with like with like the whole idea of taking it will be the show on the road on our on the road um, <laughs> the 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 problem with that though is you also had to buy a copy of the Vita version yeah um, plus the PS3 or PS4 version so yep. that because they're eighty bucks you bought the bundle or a hundred bucks you bought them separately um, so. This yeah the, the the whole idea is I, I the idea sounds great and I hope it works out well uh, I think the software is going to be the biggest uh, is really I mean it's fair to say it's been the biggest concern about Nintendo for since the GameCube is like is the software going to be there um, in the yep. end and, and it's really the third party software and yeah. so but I think they've they've got a solid foundation now like with the Nindies that they've they've announced and the indie games that are coming to the console um i think it's a solid foundation i think that this is going to become the de facto it's going to unseat the vita as much as i love my vita um it's going to unseat the vita it's going to be the place where all the jrpgs go it's going to be the place where all those little quirky indies go um it's it's going to unseat that and in my opinion that's a good thing like i mean like those games are amazing games. Like I'm not, you know, stuck with my nose in the air. Like, Oh, it's gotta be triple a or nothing like these indie games, like the quality of indie games that have been coming out has just been phenomenal. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and to know that they'll be coming to the switch where I can take them on the go is, is pretty awesome. Yeah. And, uh, you know, yeah, I mean, right now I think it's a, it's a solid start for the, the switch with Zelda. I, I'm just, my concern is, you know, a month from now, three weeks from now, like, what are we gonna be doing and like what are, what are you gonna be doing in may june july uh you know I, I those in between months is something they gotta work on that's been the biggest problem with them is filling in those gaps and maybe the virtual console can be a big help with that and also the nindies um so yeah like i said i i like right off the bat i'm really impressed uh you know with the hour i've spent with it uh, i definitely agree playing a lot more of this damn thing hopefully uh, over the next uh, few years or so, but um, I do before we wrap up the show, we're going a little long with some of the stuff. Uh, I do want to talk a little bit about Horizon Zero Dawn. Uh, I, I picked that up. I got that. I actually bought it digitally. Uh, I put about four hours into it at this point in time. Uh, people don't know Horizon Zero Dawn. It is a open world like game that takes place uh, like. Or at least a thousand years in the future, mm -hmm. if not more, and now like machines are like roaming the roaming the world, and uh, they're almost like they're almost like animal like creatures, and like you just take like basically human civilization has reverted back to kind of like being almost like 
it's almost to the point of being cave-like creatures where they're not so much in caves, but they are like living in like wooden shacks uh, and like uh, primitive. Yeah, primitive is a good way to put. It. Yeah, thank you. Like where they have, they don't really have like they do have some technology. Like they have some like cool weapons. Like we have like a, like, like one of the first weapons you, you can buy is a trip caster, which is like basically like a trip wire thing you can make that shocks uh, the the robot mechanic creatures and it stuns them and you can attack them you have some cool like uh staffs and shit like that it's a weird it's a really cool weird game where like it it, it does a really good job of like having some cool future future type weapons but also f- making it feel like you're taking like it's almost like uh far what is that far cry uh, primal. primal primal yeah like it feels like it's a combo of that where it's like Here's some cool shit that you can, you well, we don't have yet, but here's like, what makes it feel like you're back in the old days. Like your main weapon you have is a bow, but you can do some like you can. There's like some technology behind it, and you find like it's kind of the way it starts is like you you start off as your um, Aloy, and she doesn't she doesn't have a mother. We don't know who the mother is, and she's with this guy uh, Rouse, I think is how you pronounce his name, and he's not the father, but he was given to uh, Aloy was given to her or him to to kind of help and protect and raise and like she wants to like she finds like she goes into like this underground like cavern and finds like this old like bunker type of thing and like it's like you find these audio um, files and it's like I don't want to spoil too much but it's like almost like they're like the last uh, of like the remaining people alive like shit went wrong you don't know what it is but they have like audio files and it's like talking about like vaguely about what's going on and you find like this little contraption that you hook up to your uh, your ear, and it kind of like uses it as like a sonar type of thing, where you can like find the weakness on the animals and find like certain things in the environment. And it kind of like flash forwards like a little bit where like there's a actually a really cool montage in the beginning of the game where it's like uh, basically she wants to find out why she is like so technically she's an outcast, and so is Ross uh, or Ross, whatever fuck's name is, and like outcasts are not allowed to talk to people like. Um, the, the people in tribes can't talk to them, and they can't talk to people in the tribe. They've been they, shunned. They, they, they yeah, they, they say that word a lot. Is actually shunned. Like they can't. Like it's against tribal law. Like and Ross is like, uh, he's an upstanding person, really cool guy. He trains uh, Aloy in like hunting and everything like that, and also like uh, how to live life and be a good person. And also, it's like he follows. Even though he became an outcast himself, he follows the rules of the tribal law. Um, and they don't really explain why at this point, you know, early on in the game. Uh, but she wants to know why, she, like, who her mother was and why she, like, why is she an outcast and why is she, what happened at birth and all that. She wants to basically just wants to know what, like, what caused her to be put in this situation. And she has to go to this thing called the Proving. And I don't really know what it is yet because I haven't got to that point. I'm fairly close to that point, I think. Um, but she's good. Like they talk about, like it starts off like, like I said, you go in the underground cavern. She's maybe five, six years old, five, six years old at this point, and like the montage, and all of a sudden she's probably I don't know, maybe late teens, early twenties at this point, uh, and she's training her entire life to do this, the proving uh, and to win it. And if she wins it, she can have like basically anything she wants. She can have it, and she's like her, her goal is to win it and figure out. Um, you know, like I said, like her past, and but I haven't. I've been like so like engrossed by some of the side quests, and it's funny. Some of the, there's like there's main quests, 
side quests and there's errands. Like so, there's like a whole different, <laughs> like a like a lower notch of like side quests where like, hey, this person, like this guy's daughter is missing. Go find this daughter. And like, oh, okay, yeah, just like it's like a, like they're like shorter like versions of side quests. But um, I've been so sucked into like every single side quest I find or errand I find. I've been going out and doing those things, and like there's like a leveling up system. It's definitely like you said, Troy, a few weeks ago, where it's like there is a lot of Far Cry in this game. Yeah. Uh, as far as like, I, they definitely have taken a lot from like the upgrade system and like the overall building of that. But I feel like the the um, the overall gameplay itself is not. It hasn't from that, but the overall gameplay is is so it's really good. Like the the creatures that you fight. Like I've only dealt with a couple of them. Uh, it seems like they're kind of like the easy ones. Like I'm still in like the first main area, which is. I feel like there's not really much of a tutorial in this game, but I would feel like this is like, as far as like a normal game progresses go, this is a tutorial area where these animals are easy to kind of like figure out and also defeat. But I, I love like that there's some Dark Souls elements to it where it has a like combat rule you can do. And even though you're, like, you're fighting maybe two of these creatures at the same time, it's not really, it's not easy. You know, like you yeah. got like, you got to like aim a shot. You can't just like shoot with your bow and arrow like wildly and stuff. Like it's like, you gotta take your time. You gotta dodge. You gotta like. You, you gotta do things. It, I love that where it's like uh, every like I'm only like I said I'm only a few hours in, but every com every battle I've gotten into has felt like it was a battle. So like a former like oh just do this shoot this oh just it's a bolt sponge shoot this guy. It's like no like there's weaknesses and you want to hit this thing and these things move. They're fast. They they jump around like crazy and like you gotta like you gotta just hit them just right when you hit them. You hit him in like the the critical hit spot. Like you hit him like there's one of these creatures. Like you hit him in the eye, and that's like the kill. Make basically a one hit kill, or one of them has like a, a a gun on the back of it. It's like right by its tail, and you can shoot that off and knock it off. And basically, like it it can still charge at you, but as far as like long range damage goes, it's useless. Um, yeah, and just like knocking that off or whatever, uh, it 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 feels good, and I love how tense every battle is right now. Uh, it's not like Dark Souls hard, but there's definitely I can see some of the Dark Souls or Bloodborne in it. Um, from that, like they definitely taken a lot from that combat and that's kind of that combat system. And I hope it sticks up. But I I I face a couple other I, I face one other bigger creature. It's in the story. I don't want to delve too much into it. Um, and I'm slowly progressing the game. I'm playing when I can. But uh, so far, about four hours in, I am definitely interested. Uh, and I love so far love quite a bit what i played of it and it's definitely living up to the hype as of this point for me um and i hope uh maybe a little more i'll, I'll play a lot of it this coming week and i'll talk a little more next week uh, maybe with some more in-depth details but yeah early impressions i'll be i'll be interested yeah. to see how you uh how you balance both horizon and zelda at the same time because <laughs> they're both like ostensibly i mean from everything i've heard and seen they're similar games and they've been directly compared um obviously there are major differences between them but um so like everything i've heard about horizon it, it's amazing and i intend to play this game i'm psyched to play it um but with school situations and life situations as they are i cannot afford to spend the time to play that game uh, i cast my light with uh with zelda because i was getting the switch and also 
I've got probably, you know, 10, 12, 15 hours of time in airports and, you know, waiting in line at PAX and, and in hotels and stuff like that in my near future. So Zelda seemed like a better bet for me uh, yeah. that I would actually have time to play it. Um, I look forward to jumping into Horizon probably, you know, after graduation for sure, because like everything that I've heard and seen of it looks amazing. Uh, the story looks super, you know, great. But I just think it would be really funny, you know, to see how you are able to balance between these two games. Yeah, that's what I've been trying to figure out for the last few months now. <laughs> and I still don't know how quite I'm going to do it, especially with Mass Effect is a little under three weeks away at this point. Um, yeah, I'm not sure. I, You're going to um, be busy. Yeah, I don't I don't really have time to play the game anyways, so uh, trying to play two games that are 40-plus hour long games minimum. As, is... as Tommy Lee Jones said in the movie Firebirds to Nicolas Cage, boy, you're going to be busy as a three-peckered goat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I, I'm going to do what I can. I, a thing I did last year, actually, when Doom and Uncharted 4 came out, uh, like the same, like within three days of each other, is I rotated games every day. I'd like, okay, huh. today's Uncharted Day, next day's Doom Day. So I might try to do that, but these are totally different games where those games were like, Linear, linear, and they're all uh, super, super long. Games. Yeah, those games are like I beat those games in like fifteen hours a piece. These games are way longer. Than that, gonna so be like know. sixty plus hours for all three of these games. <laughs> yeah, so I don't know what I'm gonna do. Uh, crying seems like a good idea right now. That's not uh, gonna help you get beat these games. No, it's not. I, I'm probably gonna, I'm gonna lose time because I'm crying instead of playing games. I don't know. It's I, it's something I'm figuring. I'm trying. I'm. I'm play by ear if anything i might just pick one and stick with it and uh at this point it might be horizon uh, i've talked about in the past like i am way more and horizon was like my second most anticipated game of 2017 only behind south park so uh and so far it's and south up. park might not be coming out in 2017 so That's hey a good point. yeah <laughs> uh so it might end up being my most anticipated by default um but yeah i don't know so far, uh, Horizon is living up to the hype, and it came out a few days earlier, so I got a head start on it. So that might be the game I go to and stick with for at least the time being. Maybe I'll play the Switch finally in, like, fucking June or something after Mass Effect. I'm done with Mass Effect. I don't know. Who knows? Uh, we'll see what happens. I look forward to hearing the balancing act that you have in your near future. Yes. Uh, I, yeah. Yeah. I'm not. I'm looking. Yeah. It's a weird situation where, like, <laughs> I'm happy the Switch is out. Like, I've been wanting to play the Switch for a long time, even before I knew it was the Switch. But it's like, it, like when I finally got it, I'm like, yay, cool. Like, I don't have fucking time to play this damn thing. And also, I, the Horizon's here, so I don't have even, I have even less time to play this damn thing. It's a weird situation to be in as far as gaming goes. First world problems. Yeah, um, no, it's really funny. Like, I mean... T- Two, three years ago, this part, this time of the year, you might get one decent game yep. uh, that's expected yeah. to last you for the duration until summertime. But until like, like so far this year, we've had four or five super strong titles drop this early in the year, and more than half of them are like meaty games like they're not five six hour campaigns that we're talking 50 60 hours you know so yeah, yeah it's kind of a weird glut that we've got going on right now it's kind of interesting i mean probably the best time ever to be a gamer yeah best or worst depending on time but yeah it, it's not it's not over like you look at like may we have Prey and injustice 2 coming out i mean those probably will be shorter games but it's uh 
There's a lot of shit coming out around the corner. So it's never ending. Um, but you know what? I'm going to go ahead. I think I'm going to wrap up the show at this point. We're going a little long. Uh, we didn't jump into really the news, but that's fine. We will have something to talk about next week, at least. Um, but if you want to hear more from us, we are on uh, Facebook. We have a page and group. It is Drunk Dash Nerds. Uh, so check us out on there. On Twitter, it is at Drunk Nerds Pod. So follow us on there. And on Twitch, we're uh, Drunk Nerds Podcast. They finally you change your name, but I've already created an account and I've already been like pipping it out for the last few weeks. So I'm not going <laughs> to go back and change the old thing to the old na- to the new name. It's going we have a new we have a new Twitch account, Drunk Nerds Podcast. Check us out on there, and also on YouTube, we are Drunk Nerds po- uh, or Drunk Dash Nerds. I'm sorry. So subscribe to us on there and uh, like our like our uh, some of our videos. The podcast goes up on there. You might know because you already listened to the podcast on YouTube. We are also on iTunes. Um, majority of you listen to iTunes, but that's the case. Uh, you know, whatever. Anyways, uh, if you listen to iTunes, leave us a, leave us a review. Probably five stars. Four is fine as well. Anything less, don't even, don't even waste your time. <laughs> Just don't even bother. No, yeah. no, yeah. All reviews are good as long as they're honest reviews. That's very true. Yeah, as, as long as they're honest reviews and they're both. I four. mean. If you if you want to give us three, two, or one star, that's fine. But you know, tell us why. Like we we, we want to know where we can improve. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if we need to clone um, Gables and just make a, a, a second podcast, where it's just three Gables <laughs> recording a podcast, we'll do it. We'll figure the it three, out. The three Gables cast. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, we'll figure it out. Like we'll we'll make it we'll make it happen. Uh, uh, so I won't be here next week because I will be at PAX East. But the good news is I will be back the following week with plenty to talk about. Oh yeah, oh yeah, it's true. Yeah, that's good. I forgot about that. Yeah, you, you, that that goes on all weekend, doesn't it? Yeah. So I fly out uh, on Wednesday, and they uh, I land in New York uh, Wednesday night. Then Thursday we're driving to Boston from, and then uh, Friday, Saturday, Sunday is PAX. And then Monday, I fly back to New Mexico. So, yeah, I'll be gone for most of the weekend. But, yeah, I uh, oh. should see some lots of stuff. I mean, I've got appointments to see games. And uh, so, yeah, I should have plenty to talk about when I get back. And then I'll have spent plenty of time in Zelda. So I'll be able to report back on that. So I'm going to miss you guys next week. But, hey, <laughs> you guys, the show must go on. You'll be doing much cooler things than what, uh, than what we typically do. So I'm excited here in two weeks. We're doing And also... Before I forget, uh, I will be on the Talking Shit podcast uh, coming out sometime uh, next week. Uh, well, I guess not next week. It's technically Sunday when this comes out. So sometime this week, uh, I will be on there. Uh, we'll be talking Terminator Genesis. Uh, so um, check me out on there. And also check out the podcast. We're pretty cool guys. A pretty cool group. Um, so anyways, thank you once again for listening. I was your host. I was Tyler. I'm Troy. And the legend lives on with Colonel Gables. <laughs> so 46th president of the United States. Oh god. Until next <laughs> until next week, everyone. Have a fun night. Have a fun day. And for God's sakes, don't do anything stupid. <laughs> don't drink and drive. <laughs> don't go stealing motorcycles. <laughs> <laughs> don't go steal my Nintendo Switch. Anyway. Oh, God, please don't do that. <laughs> All right. Signing off. Peace out. Bye. Bye.
Excuse me. You too many beers there. Anyways, we're on iTunes now, so go on there, check us out. And if you like us, leave us a review. And we'll even shout you out. And Jack will send you his credit card number. <laughs>